welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast. I'm Ben, and I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connie. As always, we're bringing you some of the latest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. And if you're a fan of Generation 1, oh boy, do we have a lot of content to discuss this week with the Scarlet and Violet 151 TCG set finally having a release date announced with some incredible artwork too that we're going to be talking about. And in our Devil's Advocate section, we'll be arguing not one, but two topics. Generation 1 Pokemon are still the best, and Pokemon Let's Go is the best remake. As always, you can jump to a topic using the timestamps in the description below. Connor, how are we doing this week? Uh, doing all right, buddy. Been been a pretty active week. Enjoyed it so far. Looking forward to the podcast. Good, 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 good. It might be a bit of a shorter one today, folks. Mainly because we're recording this like thirty six hours earlier than normal. Because I'm going to Rome later on this week. So by the time you're listening to this, I'll be in Rome, hopefully having a drink, having some pizza, wandering around the city and blazing scorching heat and just soaking up the sights. So I'm looking forward to it. Just don't buy anything from the street vendors. How come? Because it's just, useless just, just tat. Because it's, it's tat. And yeah, if it you is. buy from one, then they'll all be on you. Okay, right. My money will be staying firmly in my pocket. Have you been to Let's... Rome before? No, first time. Never oh, been. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of Italy. Um, I don't think I'd go again. Mm-hmm. I would try and visit probably south of Italy at this point. Um, but yeah, for a first experience, well worth checking out. Be prepared for everything that you want to do to take like four hours to get into. Yeah, we've um, so we're going for three days, and mm. we've already kind of said that like at, at the moment we're doing the Vatican on Friday uh, and the Sistine Chapel, and we're doing the Colosseum and the other two things that are near that on the Saturday, and then in the afternoons we haven't really got anything else planned because of just how long they are going to take. And then after that, we'll figure out what we're doing. But like the Pantheon, for example, we want to go see that. But yeah. it doesn't look like you need to book tickets for that because it's there are just tickets available. Whereas the Colosseum and Vatican, they were like selling out really fast to the point where we really struggled to get tickets. So yeah. we've got a few things lined up that we want to do. And we're just going to see where the day day takes us and, and go from there, I, I, I guess, and just enjoy you ourselves. the wee one with you? No, just me and just me uh, and my wife, Molly. Uh, it's our honeymoon. I was going to say, is it the honeymoon? Yeah, ten months overdue. But like when you pay for a wedding, it does kind of bankrupt you, yeah. uh, unfortunately. And we we made decision whether or not we do Disneyland Paris with my daughter, or we do uh, Rome. And we chose Disneyland Paris up until about two months ago, I think. And I just got back from work. I was like, right, we're going Rome. We're just going away for you know a, a long weekend, and we're going to enjoy ourselves. And we just we we literally looked it up, and I think booked it the next day. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so we just thought, sod it, like you can't take the money with you when you're dead. So you might as well spend it while you're alive and enjoy yourselves. Uh, and on that cheery note, which isn't a segue, although it could be construed as spending money on things you don't need but are still enjoyable let's talk about the um the new pokemon tcg set that is going to be released uh i've got the japanese date of june the 16th have you got the european date uh i believe i have them uh, i swear uh, you sent me on discord and being, I did. Me being september. A we're not getting these until september 
September time. So plenty of time to save up for them. The set was revealed at the Pokemon Champions League 2023 tournament in Japan, and it focuses on the original 151 Pokemon, including the first Kadabra card since Sky Ridge. Because mm. of this is the whole Yuri Gale issue that we discussed I like months ago, I yep. think. So it feels I'm looking forward to this because we're going to get a complete set. We're going to get the original 151 Pokemon, and I cannot wait for this. And just having a look at some of the artwork, it is beautiful, like absolutely beautiful. And what I what stood out to me, two things stood out to me, Connie, is one, the some of the full art is mm. absolutely amazing, beautiful as it always is. But a lot of the... One of my criticisms, I guess, with artwork of Pokemon TCG in the past is sometimes like they don't feel like a set. Like you could have, you know, an evolution line, and it doesn't feel like the artwork was done by the same person. And there's yeah, no real one, theme. One of them will be done in crayon. One of them will be yep. like little plushies, and yep. then one of them will be 3D rendered, and it just doesn't exactly. But this works. So I'm looking at, for example, like the the the. Charmander line and just mm. seeing like Charmander's got all the fire around it and then Charizard is like using its using its claw and you've still got that red overtone and it feels like a natural progression like Bulbasaur and Ivysaur are both just like soaking in the sun's rays ready for its evolution like the artwork is absolutely beautiful yeah also one of the things I want to point out as well is we're getting because it's all 151 original Pokemon we're getting some really interesting EX cards, which we don't usually get. Some of the Pokemon that don't usually get love are seeing it. For instance, we're getting an Arbok EX card. When's the last time you saw Arbok get a special card? When's the last time you saw Arbok <laughs> get any decent love? Wigglytuff as well. Wigglytuff's getting an EX card. Mm. It just, it's, it's different and it's special, and I think there's going to be a lot to love about this. Whether you're in it for the nostalgia or not, I think there's going to be a lot to love about this set. Does mean they're likely going to sell out very quickly and they're <laughs> going to be very expensive, especially with all the secret illustrator rares that are in here. Yeah, this uh, annoyingly, like I, the the last set that I completed was the Pokemon Sword and Shield, Sword and Shield. base set. And, it, and that was at a time where I had loads of disposable income, lockdown was happening, so you didn't have a lot of things to spend your money on so i thought sod it you know what i haven't completed one since the very original base set that i've got up behind me somewhere and i'm not gonna lie this one's kind of calling to me but i know it's gonna bankrupt me so maybe i don't do it because once you buy that first pack it's like a slippery slope yep. unfortunately but there is something about the artwork that is just a just appealing to me like Mewtwo looks really powerful you've got like Mr. Mime's card like looks silly like Mr. Mime is depicted in the anime with those thick um thick outlines of it I've just seen the Arbok card which looks absolutely gorgeous you just got like it looks like a snake just like charging at you mm -hmm. Dragonite looks happy and like some of the trainer cards as well like Giovanni how menacing does he look in the in this Oh, yeah, and that's, it, and that's just the standard one. No doubt we'll get a special art version of that as well. More than likely. And have you seen the um, the version of Charmander, Charmander and Charizard, where they're on, like, a, the cliff? The cliff. And I'm not... Out of the three starter illustration rares, they're my least favourite. Oh, that's the one that appeals to me the most, I think. 
And that just goes um, to show how different these art styles are. Yes, yes. Um, as somebody who's a Squirtle fan through and through, I think the Bulbasaur cards are probably the nicest looking ones. They're just so it's vibrant. So, it's so dense with foliage. Yeah, yeah. And it's just uh, got that little watercolor feeling to it. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And as you say, well, that theme carries on through all three well, pieces. It's, it's all three because you've got Bulbasaur like just as the evolution cards are happening. So Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, Venusaur, like the, there's more foliage, there's more vibrant fo- foliage. The Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, the one I love about that is Charmander's at, at the very base of this canyon. Charmeleon's a bit higher up and then Charizard is out of the canyon soaring and then Squirtle, each one seems to be like Getting Squirtle's on the beach. deeper into the ocean. Deeper into the ocean, like th- this. Like I can, I can understand why this set would sell regardless of it being 151. But it's the fact that it really does feel like, unlike previous sets where they just hand out, it almost feels like they hand out Pokemon artwork to different people, just go, right, you do them, you do them, you do them. Like, it feels like there's collaboration behind this and planning to make it seem like a seamless set. And it's one of those sets where, like, even if you only got the, you know, the 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 special artwork for the starter Pokemon in nine nine you know three by three in one of those packs that you can have to hold them it would look complete on its own yeah like, and it's... the thing is they're going above and beyond with these cards as well mm. so i saw a video the other day somebody got hold of the special illustration mew and yes. uh so you'll be able to get that with the ultra premium collection we'll get it over here on october the 6th uh 16 booster packs one mew ex illustration rare one mew two promo card playmat deck box and coin might actually be worth it considering that i saw a video of this card and as you twisted it the sun rose no the sun rises behind the house and all the light changes on the edging of the pokemon and the buildings and stuff unbelievable genuinely unbelievable artwork that they're doing here oh do we know and i'm trying to find this as as i'm asking the question how many cards there are gonna be I um, can't see, unfortunately. It doesn't seem to be off the a top number. of my head. No. Without counting, which we're not going to do on the, the podcast. But what we do know is there's at least 151, okay? At least 151. <laughs> at least 151. But, like, just looking at how, like, if you got the base set of 151, all the trainers, full arts, like, this could be, this is going to be a sizable number. Mm. But, yeah, with all the illustration rares, with all the alt arts, with all the trainer cards, yeah, it's. It's going to be a healthy set, and I look forward to seeing what kind of impact it makes competitive-wise as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's, it's yeah, a, looking forward it, to these. I'm really glad set, that yeah. we're now getting them with the Silver Borders as well. I know that yeah, happened even a couple that, yeah. of sets ago. I think once we moved into Scarlet and Violet, we started getting them with the Silver Borders, which they've been doing over in Japan for years. Um, but I think they just look so much better with the illustration art. Yeah, um, with a lot of the yes. full arts and things like that, the silver yeah. border just blends out better than the yellow one. Mm. Yeah, that that the, the gold one, gold yellow. It says more yellow. Like it works for some of the cards, but the silver one that we can see here seems to work for the vast majority of them. So it makes sense to make that switch, and they they do they do look good. It's it's fantastic. Um, let's move on to one of the questions that we've had this week uh, over on Discord. So who is your favorite Pokemon professor? 
courtesy of, and I said it, I said the name correct before this, and now it's gone. Jacrepid, yeah, Right, okay, I got that right. So, Connor, who is your favorite Pokemon professor? Um, I think out of them all, it would probably have to be Kukui. Okay, simply because he's had the most development and been allowed to be more of a person than any of the other professors. If you consider, like, especially if you watch the anime in that, he basically adopts Ash as part of his family and isn't just a professor, but is quite literally like a father figure to him um, and one of the only ones he's ever had in his life, which is beautiful. And I love seeing the way they interact. Plus, he's the teacher at the school. Plus, he's the the masked royale, which is just fantastic. He is. He is. Um, you know, he's the first professor to ever be a champion outside of oak but we never got to see that in the games and he gets married to professor burnett and he's just such a beautiful human being both inside and out um you know for for a guy that walks around with his top off all day i don't think he's a massive douche and i think that says a lot (laughs) (laughs) no you're absolutely right there is a correlation there isn't there if you take your top off outside when you don't need to your chances are you're a bit of a like you say a douche um i i can completely get why you're going with with that professor i'm i have to approach this predominantly from the video games mainly because i didn't watch a lot of the anime oak always stands out but oak is one of those recurring characters that just keeps coming back especially in in the anime Mm -hmm. um in terms of where i kind of have to go with this i think there are a few that stand out to me i I quite enjoy professor sycamore mainly because that hair is absolutely beautiful and his sense of style like there is nobody there is no professor that rocks the sense of style like like him i don't think but it's the fact that he plays such a uh initial he's he just kind of he's there he he he, the impact he has a massive impact in that game in x and y and then towards the end of the game you have to find which i always do enjoy but i think for me the the answer and i'm I'm torn between professor laventon because he takes such a integral part of the story so That's unlike professor unlike, unlike professor birch who you see at the start he pops up later on he's passing by to give his phone number and then you never hear from him again it's pretty much non-existent like professor laventon plays such an initial and crucial part of that story and Professor Toro and Professor Sada also good mentions for me, mainly because like they are almost the driving force of Scarlet and Violet, even though you don't know that to start with. And the twist with them, and I think that's why I'm I'm I've got them up there, is because the twist at the end was something that I just did not see coming. So when it came around and to this to this point, the professors have always been like the safe haven. They are always this. They play the same role. Hello, here are your starters. Here's your Pokedex. Go and enjoy yourself. I'm a good guy. You don't worry. Like I will never backstab you. And then Professor Sada and Tora. And I know it's the it's the uh, the AI, and it's not them in the end. But you kind of group them together because they have the appearance and the memories and programming. But it was just such a strong twist. Um, yeah which is why I put them up there as, oh, okay, that was a really, really well-done experience at the end. So it's got to be between either Lariton or Sada and Toro, which, you know what? Like, it's quite interesting that we've picked out Pokemon from the latter half of the series. Well, I'm also going to give a shout-out to two really good professors who 
maybe not my absolute favorites, but are strong, are there the whole way through the game, constantly popping up, constantly giving you advice, and are actually just really supportive characters. You know, you've got what's the what's the one in Gen Four? The old grumpy uh, guy. Rowan? Rowan. <laughs> Rowan the girl grumpy. That, that's how yeah, I yeah. see him. He's an old grumpy guy because <laughs> yeah. he shows up, he gives you information, and tells you to do a thing. Yeah. Where unlike Juniper and Sonya, who just join you on your journey and like, hey, how's it going? Oh, you need some advice? Juniper, especially with Bianca and getting her through what she's going through is mm. so beautiful. And then Sonya is obviously off on her own journey and you get to see her grow up into a professor as well. Yes. Great. Basically, all the professors are pretty awesome. They are awesome in their own ways. And like I uh, like the professors, like we have to give credit to the evil teams. I think they never just recycle the same professor. They always, okay, how can we do a, a fresh take or a fresh spin on this? So, you know, cre- credit's a game freak for doing that with the professors. And like I've just got all the images up. And you know what? Outside of the the lab coats, mm. they've all got their own distinct style. Like yeah. none of them blend into into another one it is just the designs are absolutely fantastic as well uh weakest, if got, would you argue sorry? which one would you say is the weakest almo birch um yeah. and i'd probably lean towards birch and the, the the reason why is because i think the disappointment with birch is that he's literally the father of your the, rival the, your rival like why are they not playing a bigger role in that story like it's it's a it's a real shame and professor alm obviously he's, he's there you know he's quite heavy at the start and i think what carries him maybe for me is a little bit nostalgia but also the fact that he is you have conversations with him about two crucial like uh plot points of oh you, your rival stolen a pokemon and then oh pokemon eggs isn't this all amazing and fantastic so i think mm. that's why maybe that one sticks with me a little bit more and higher up them than birch yeah birch um, didn't really introduce us to anything he kind of sets you off on way, your journey yes. and that's it yeah that's a really good way to to put it and like i have to give a shout out to professor rowan because when i think of professor rowan now i just think of that anime episode that we watched where team, is it team rocket are impersonating him oh and yeah how he talks to one of the women i was like hold on a second what is going on here <laughs> like this 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 doesn't seem right for pokemon but in real life, like, I can imagine Professor Rowan just he's, how he looks and how he acts. Like That is what he would be like. Because oh, I have yeah. known a couple of people like that in my real life, unfortunately. It's just like, we can't, we can't correct Grandad now. He's of his age. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's exactly, that's exactly it. Um, if you've got a comment or a question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrobpod at gmail.com, by leaving it on our Discord channel, or by using the hashtag goldenrobpod on Twitter. Connor, let's move on to Devil's Advocate, where we are discussing and debating and arguing not one, but two Generation 1 topics. So the first one this week is Generation 1 Pokemon are the best. And, Connor, you will be arguing that they are the best, correct? Indeed. And I'll be arguing that they are not the best. Now, I'm happy to take the start on this unless you really want I, no, to No, 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 no. You, you can start. Because let's face fact, mine goes without saying. Like, Pokemon, they are, they, they are the best. And I think you've really... Like, I'm supposed to be the one defending the devil advocate point here. But realistically... 
you're you're fighting the losing battle here so you go ahead okay right that's absolutely fine so i'm, I'm gonna come out with an opening argument that uh generation one pokemon are fueled purely by nostalgia at this point there is a reason they get rolled out like you know a dead corpse of oh look at this fantastic thing that is still alive and amazing when actually it just needs to be left alone and the the main reasons behind this is that the designs are so in uninteresting and boring the evolutions are just the same copy and paste over and over again and i'll get onto more about that later on the generation one absolutely screwed up the pokedex because of the nidoran family which just absolutely messes with the future games um and the the only reason why some people have not forgotten about Generation 1 is, is because of nostalgia and also the fact that it was so... The, the Pokemon in Generation 1 are so broken that they have had to retroactively fix them with Megas, with regional variants, and adding fairy typing. So that, that, that's me. Over to you. Okay. Let's, let's start with that last one then, that they've had to fix them with regional variants and mega evolutions. They haven't had to fix them. They have added to them because people still love these. After 25, 26, 27 years, after 30 years, after 50 years, people will still love these Pokemon. And there's an argument as to whether it's nostalgia or not, but it could also be the fact that they're just really beautifully designed. And when you consider that these Pokemon were designed in-game on a sprite sheet, and then Ken Sugimori himself took those with his team and just filled them out and took these little sprites and th- turned them into monsters, real life monsters that has captured your heart, has captured my heart, and has captured the heart of millions of people around the world. And that's not just me saying hyperbolically, it's very distinctly millions of people around the world because when Pokemon Go first got released, it only had the original 151 Pokemon in it. Why did it do that? Because that's all it needed. Because that's all that people need to get into Pokemon. That's all people have ever needed to get into Pokemon. You and I both know this set will sell like gangbusters. And it's not just to the nostalgia crowd. There will be kids who love these Pokemon. Pikachu is still from the original 151. It's still the channel mascot. It's still, sorry, not the channel mascot. It's still the game mascot. That's not because people just like the nostalgia. No, it's because Pikachu is a perfect design of what is Pokemon. It's small, it's cute, but it's also cool and powerful. And... I don't think those traits are exemplified better than in the original 151. Even across the three starters, Bulbasaur, very cool. Uh, well, yeah, Bulbasaur, I'd say, is kind of got that more monstrous look to it. You've got Charmander line is very, very cool. In fact, they're all very cool. They're all very cute. They all mix between the lot. It's, it's really hard to say what's so good about them because everything's good about them. So I think the, the the reason why these Generation 1 Pokemon are just so ingrained in people's brains is that they are, a lot of them are based on real life variations of animals and bugs and insects that yeah, exist like in our real life. Uh, I said a lot, not all of them. <laughs> and and that's part of the problem, is that they're just so uninteresting designs. The stars are all based on reptiles. There's nothing exciting or different about them. They are just... The, the, just you've taken... So there's nothing exciting about a turtle with cannons coming out of its back. 
I'm not saying that I didn't say the fully the final evolutions because they do take slight variations, which I do like. Because There's nothing they cool get, about become... a dinosaur with a flower on its back that's slowly opening up as it evolves and becomes okay. bigger and more powerful. Okay, Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle. They're the boring ones that I'm talking about. The ones that are just based on... I'm talking oh, these about Bulbasaur. Real life. Just, Bulbasaur's just boring. He's just green and interesting. And that derpy-looking smile and the boring eyes. Don't get me wrong, I'll give you credit that Ivysaur, yeah. Ivysaur looks good. Charmander looks good. And Water will look good. But then, unfortunately, like... The evolutions are broken in terms of design. Like, Bulbasaur line, I'll grant you, like, the evolution makes sense between each one. It does make sense. But the jump between Charmeleon and Charizard and the jump between Wartortle and Blastoise, like, features just get lost for whatever reason because it's almost like they didn't plan it out properly when they were designing these Pokemon and just going, okay, right, let's just... These these two just don't look similar to one another, but let's just, like, throw them together, like Magikarp and Gyarados, Dragonair and Dragonite. It just speaks to a lack of... Um, continuity and fluidity flowing through these designs and these Pokemon, unfortunately. And there are so many uninteresting designs. Like, okay, Diglett. Okay, right, we need to an evolution of Diglett. Well, let's just add more of them. Okay. Uh, Magnemite. Okay, we need to add more. Uh, let's just add more Magnemites to it. Coughing. Oh, let's just add an extra coughing. Oh, Dojuo. Just, let's just give it an extra egg. Um... Poly, Polyrath is just a juiced up polywheel. For whatever reason, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a good one here. So, Mankey evolves, loses the tail. Kadabra evolves, loses the tail. Slowpoke evolves, almost loses the tail. Someone in that design team did not like tails on these Pokemon. Voltorb. Oh, what can we do for a fantastic evolution on that? Hmm. In this game, there are great balls and ultra balls. No, let's just flip it upside down. And make it slightly, slightly, slightly bigger. Like, so many of these designs could have been absolutely amazing. And they're just meh. Which is why, when when you are right, they released the 151 Pokemon as the TCG cards that are coming out. Pokemon Go that are coming out. Because, unfortunately, half of them, people just do not care about. Whose favourite Pokemon is Dojuo? Whose favourite Pokemon is Coughing? Whose favourite Pokemon is Ekans? Pidgey. Like, a lot of these boring designs, like, the, 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 the prompt is they are the best. Unfortunately, a lot of them are not the best. It is carried by a handful of really good Pokemon, whereas so many of them are either boring, uninteresting designs, terrible evolutions, or typings that just broke generation one and just repeating the same typings over and over and over again. Okay, but let's not pretend that every gener- not every generation has its weak links and its strong ones that prop it up, right? That's, that's, that's a standard across yeah. the board. What we're saying is the original 150-pound Pokemon are the best as a collective, as a set. They feel the most cohesive. You can look at a Pokemon and be like, that, that Pokemon's from Kanto. They have a cohesion to them. That's that's the best way to say it. Yes, are some of them maybe a little bit less... They're not overly designed, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Especially once you start getting into some of the later generations, they get over-designed. And let's not forget as well that when Pokemon try to move on from these original designs, so they try to start again... We got Generation 5, where they went, well, let's just do all 151 Pokemon, but do them again. And a lot of them are worse. 
Would you rather have Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee or Sock and Throw? Okay, so, but that goes back to your point of, like, as a collective, unfortunately, there are some Pokemon that, yes, unfortunately, are, you know, they, they just fall a little bit flat. Like, so Hitmon, Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan is boring. Hitmonlee is interesting because it is so unique and different. Sock and Throw. I, See, I disagree. I'll... I like Hitmonchan. I like its little boxing skirt. I like its gloves. I like the fact that it can learn all the uh, all the um, elemental punches. That makes it a fascinating Pokemon to use. Okay. I I think that's one of those points where, unfortunately, it's down to what you like, because Hitmontop would have been a better Pokemon in that game if you are. If Hitmonlee and Hitmontop is, is the two de facto fighting Pokemon in the dojo would have been so unique and interesting and Hitmonchan unfortunately is is but they don't work as well as a pair you've got the punching pokemon and the kicking pokemon not the kicking pokemon and the kicking pokemon <laughs> no it's the spinning top pokemon the yeah, well-known fighting which, which, type. which fights by kicking it just spins on its head while it does it true like don't true. get me wrong i love hitmontop i think the capoeira thing is great i don't think hitmontop really belongs within that line but mm. It's fine, but I can't sit here and say that Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee aren't a great pairing. The same yeah. as I can't sit here and say that Magmar and Elect Electabuzz aren't a great pairing, with Jinx thrown in there as well, as much as she got thrown out later on down the line. So, just to go back to your Generation 5 thing, I, I personally think that Generation 5 did what gener Generation 1 couldn't, in terms of really unique and interesting designs let's not forget the generation five for those that don't know for uh, people is that before the elite four you cannot encounter any past pokemon it is completely new pokemon on pokedex and that is why generation five is held in such high regard because you were forced to get <laughs> saw your face then you were forced to to catch and use these pokemon that you'd never seen or had before and some of the designs like they did what Generation 1 didn't. Generation 1 took, okay, let's take a bird and, and okay, it's a, it's a bird. Like, they didn't really adapt them to, okay, let's take real-life creatures and make them magical. Let's make them really stand out. Like, you look at some of the designs in Generation 5 that are so bizarre and, and unique, and sometimes it's a swing and a miss, but I'd rather have a swing and a miss than um, just boring designs. So, like, Sigilyph, so, Mask. No, well, like, hang on. No, no, no. Let's, let's do the direct comparison then. So you'd rather okay, have Patrat You'd rather have Patrat than Rattata. Okay, let, I'm sorry. I'm, scro I'm scrolling up here. Yeah. Okay, that. Okay, Pat Rats. No, Pat Rats boring. But what? Okay. Would you rather shock? have? Would you? Would you rather have Perloin or Meowth? I'd rather have Perloin. Would you? And I'm not. And I'm ju not just saying that because I'm arguing this. Uh, okay, Lipod's, I disagree with you. Lipod's brilliant. Like, like, like Persian's just a boring, oversized cat with a red little gem on its head for whatever reason. Lipod feels like what a cat should be. It is out on the prowl at night. It is hunting down its its prey. It is a fantastic design. And the fact that like Persian, oh, it's just it's just normal type, like an overabundance, a normal type. With it, just they just slap onto Pokemon because like, okay, it's. Normal, I guess, because we can't figure out what other one it goes into. Whereas Lipard, they could have gone normal for that. Like, colour swap it to a white cat and you go, oh, it's normal type. But instead they went, let's be brave. Let's make it a pure dark type. Let's mix this up. But there's a level of... Do you know the concept of, like, the neutral mask? Uh, no, I don't. So no. the I, it's a concept within <laughs> film and theatre. So the neutral mask is a character who doesn't really have much of a personality. doesn't really... 
uh, express much. They stay neutral most of the way through it. Think Bella Swan from Twilight. You're not supposed to think of her as a character. You're supposed to think of her as you. You're supposed yeah. to input your own thoughts and feelings onto them. Oh, so and it's like that, the silent, silent protagonist in video games. Same game. kind of principle, yeah. yeah. And that's what the original 151 do. Sure, you can sit here and go, oh, Lyperd looks like it skulks around more and it's part of the night and things like that. Sure, a Persian could be that. Or it could be a house cat. Or it could be the pet of a mas- mafia boss. Or it could just be something that goes around and collects gems. Your Persian can be your Persian, however you want it to be. And as Pokemon has developed and they've become more overly designed, it's a lot harder to feel that attachment to them, to have that level of, no, this is my Pokemon that behaves this way. They even had to start giving them natures to be like, ah, this one's sassy. Nothing about this Pokemon looks sassy. But you could put all of those natures on every single one of the original 151 and you could be like, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Okay, fair enough. Are we going to go through the rest of these Pokemon from Generation 1 to Gen 5? I mean, let's just go unpheasant to Pidgeot. Never happening. Oh, you're never like, winning that one. Unpheasant is way winning that fight. Are no, you you're me? not. Nobody like, likes unpheasant. Nobody oh, likes unpheasant. And you know what? That is, I'm sorry, but if you if you prefer. Pidgeot, which is just like, oh, it's a bigger bird with longer hair. Like, on Pheasant's design, the, the, the beautiful mask that it has that flows down, that beautiful green that it has that just, like, makes it stand out. Oh, I'm sorry. Out. Are like, you looking at the male one? Let's not forget that the female one exists. No, we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not forget that the oh. female one exists. Oh, oh, but for whatever reason, they're not different evolutions, like the Nidoran line, for whatever reason. Like, Nido Queen and Nido King. Like... Well, that's to do with breeding more than anything. But they can't breed! Exactly. Which is why they can't possibly be the same species. That's okay, why they can't be classified point. as the same species. Come on. Fair point, fair point. Right. Like, like okay. Zeb Striker versus uh, Rapidash. Zeb Striker every time. Rapidash is boring. And the only reason they made it, the only reason they gave it a Galarian version is because, like, it made it a hundred times cooler. And I know you agree no, with didn't. me. No, it did. No, 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 no. Okay. Galarian <laughs> Ponyta, there's an argument there for the My Little Pony thing. I actually yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Galarian Rapidash is ugly as sin. No, it's beautiful. I love no, it. No, it is not. It's, it's, oh. it's horrific. All right. Rapidash okay. is stunning. It's majestic. Again, it's all in the simplicity of the design. Your brain does the rest of the work for you. Okay. okay. Gigalith versus Golem. Rock and Roller versus Geodude. Gigalith. And this is part of the problem is that Geodude Graveler makes sense as an evolution. Golem doesn't. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Champ kind of works. Alakazam kind of works. I, I still like the idea that because they're both trade evolutions, you're supposed to trade Graveler with yeah. Machoke. And Which, then Machamp gets the arms yeah. and yeah. Graveler. Completely on board with that. Completely on board with that, except for no point in Generation 1 is that explained or hinted at. It's left to your imagination. No, uh, but in Generation 5, what did they do? They gave us a trade evolution that could only be done between those two Pokemon. Once they had the know-how to do it, they implemented it. Which was in Generation 5, which was the best gen. Best gen <laughs> anyway, Gigalith. Gigalith's design is so strong. It's so striking. And it feels like... Like, the, no, what I love about the, the designs of Generation 5 is that Rug and Roller, Boldor, and Gigalith, they feel like a natural conclusion of where that evolution line would go, opposed to Geodude, Graveler, and 
Gollum, unfortunately. The 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 gap between Graveler and Geodude is is just completely different. And Geodude and Graveler just feels a little bit uninspiring of oh, it's suddenly got an extra pair of arms and legs, whereas Bulldoze design completely shifts. Pokemon? Isn't that part of the mystery of wait? What's that Pokemon? Where does it come from? I don't know it. Oh, it evolves from Graveler? I'd have never thought it evolved from Graveler looking at it. That's so cool. But the problem with that is that, like, in the in the <laughs> in the game, you like, there's no there's no support or help you to, uh, support or help to get you to that stage. Like, if you look, yes, you would find it cool going. Oh, right, this Pokemon evolves from that Pokemon? I would never have guessed that. And that's part of the problem, is that it's not... The, the design just doesn't flow, whereas Rog and Roller, Baldur, and Gigalith... Like, if you haven't caught Rog and Roller and Baldur, but you've got them in the Pokedex, and then you come across a trainer using Gigalith, straight away you know, ah, that's an evolution of the previous two Pokemon I've seen, because there's natural... The, the just the flows just naturally like Wubat and and actually that's a terrible example moving on like Wubat um, and Zubat go on <laughs> tell me they're better than Golbat and Zubat they just look like they're evolutions of one another but that was going to be a bad example because I was going to compare it to the Lightwise in Gen 1 Zubat and Golbat where it is obvious that those two yeah. evolve in into one another so um Drillbert Excadrill that's clearly your Rhyhorn Rhydon honestly I yes. think they're both very very strong designs Drillbur and Exadrill. Uh Drillbur, Exadrill, Rhyhorn, Rhydon. I think uh, they're very strong designs across the board. Ordino, I'll take Chansey. Ordino is boring. I'll give you that one. Yeah, Ch- Chansey is better with it with the egg. But let's look at Timbal, Gurda, and Conkledore and compare them to Machop, Machop, Machamp. Yeah. Okay. Like the designs of these again, it just they, shows they got the veins. End- D- they got okay. veins you lose this argument <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the veins are, those things are are weird i will great but it's the fact that like the con- the continuity so it's timber starts off with a bit of wood gear starts with that metal gear and then conkaldis starts with the it has these two massive things and it's just how the evolution flows the design flows it's absolutely fantastic and the naming conventions like like timber gerda conkelde like just the names work with the with the pokemon designs machop machoke machamp yeah like uh like it just feels very safe um i disagree i I think (laughs) the fact that they quite clearly progress in their fighting um skill and notoriety by getting bigger belts as they go on. Come on, that's that's really cool. Rather than I'm in bigger part of construction now. I'd lift the heavy stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like should we should we wrap up this one? Because I think Well, hang on, we need to wrap up with Polywag Timpole to Okay. Polywrath okay. Seismitoad. Okay. And the reason I want to finish here. Okay. Is because <laughs> you've a, got a winning argument. Timpole looks horrible. Palpitoad looks horrible. Seismitoad looks a little bit gross, but I can see why you'd like it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of the Poliwag line are strong. Poliwag is Ken Sugimori's favorite Pokemon. And I think after all these generations, if the man who is designed or has at least overlooked the design for every single one of these, is like, no, that that Pokemon right there captures everything I love about Pokemon. 
I think that's all that needs to be said. Is he still working for Pokemon, by the way? Uh, I believe so. I think he's kind of handed off the reins of the artwork now. But... Uh, because he was forced out, jump before, <laughs> jump before he is, you fired. No. Because of how bad it was. No, don't you dare. <laughs> that's not even argumentative. That's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's... Okay, I, I can... One last thing as well. Go on. Tell me one bad thing about Mewtwo. Tell me one it's, bad thing you've ever heard about Mewtwo. Nobody has a bad thing to say about Mewtwo because it's a really cool design and a perfect legendary Pokemon. <laughs> very, very good. However, the three birds, Moltres is absolutely shocking and just boring and underrated. Whereas when you compare them to some of the more powerful Pokemon in Gen 5, like, you know, the genie, the genie Oh, yeah, trio. the Swords of Justice. <laughs> the Woo. Swords of Justice. Brilliant designs. Brilliant brilliant designs. Um, anyway, let's do <laughs> closing arguments, because that Mewtwo one is a really strong one. Let's do closing arguments. Connor, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll say it again. They are cohesive. They are nostalgic for a reason. It's not that we look back on them and go, oh, yeah, I remember liking that as a kid. We look at them and go, I still like that now. Pokemon, that is the potential of Pokemon to capture your heart as a child and to keep hold of it forever. These Pokemon are the reason that we're still talking about it to this day. And I think that says a lot. And to look back on them now and be like, oh, we kind of surpassed that. We haven't. We haven't. Nothing will ever make us feel the way these Pokemon did. And the fact that new new players can come along and they will still pick Pokemon out of the first generation as their favorites says a lot. Okay, I think for for me, unfortunately, they uh, closing argument that they aren't the best. Unfortunately, there's a handful of amazing Pokemon in Generation One. I will granted, but the vast majority of them are boring, dull, uninterested that have only been improved upon by variation and changes introduced in later generations. So you can't count them as part of this argument, I don't feel. And there is a reason why so many of the Mega Revolutions regional designs and additions that we've had in later games are better than the originals because the originals were so dull, boring, and unfortunately uninteresting. And they they played it safe with so many of the designs in Generation 1, whereas later generations have for better or worse taken massive swings in terms of let's really change the design so they are more magical uh rather than just you know variations on what we've currently got in the real world and we'll close the argument there because yeah. <laughs> that was a difficult one to argue it was as always guys the answer is somewhere in the middle <laughs> yes agreed yeah there is no there is no right or wrong there is yeah like you say Connor there's there's some things that you said and some things that I said that gave the perfect you know theory video or essay video whatever you want but as always though who did win? Let us know. Let us know. We want to know who won. Um, but let's move on to the next topic, which is Pokemon Let's Go is the best remake. Now, I'm defending this and saying it is the best remake, mainly because I've played it through to completion twice now. Uh, once alone and once as a uh, once with my daughter as a dual player. Whereas, Connor, you, have you, you've played it, haven't you? I've... I've played it, but not all the way through. Mm -hmm. I kind of okay. jumped on it as a second player for someone else as they oh. were playing through it for the first time. Okay. Do you want me to go first this time? 
Yeah, you can do. Okay, right. I I have zero notes on this. I'm just going to wing it and hopefully win. So, there is a reason why when the Nintendo Switch came out, the first announced Pokemon game was a remake of Generation 1. It is held in such high regard with players. It is the perfect Pokemon experience of traveling through the Kanto region. There is a reason why, looking back on the mess that has been, you know, uh, Scarlet and Violet and Legends Arceus in terms of just graphical issues and performance issues that Let's Go is held up in terms of just the stability of that game. The fact that um, it's perfected the chibi style sprite that they've tried to move away from and unfortunately failed multiple times and the more they go to real realistic graphics the worse it becomes because let's go nailed that design um in terms of how it looks how it functions how it actually does something that the later generations doesn't do and, and gives some personality to pokemon whether or not they are running off to get berries from um from some of the bushes whether or not they're the ride on pokemon so in terms of, you know, rolling on Electrode, you're inside uh, Kangaskhan's pouch, you're riding on Charizard's back and soaring into the sky. Mechanics that, unfortunately, like, have been... Uh, have, were implemented in a game that, honestly, like, deserves so much more praise for what it brought to the series. The fact that... Um, your Pokemon, your Pokemon um, starter that you have is such an integral part of that, and has more cutscenes and character than any other starter inside of the Pokemon franchise, outside of potentially Pikachu in Generation One in Pokemon Yellow. Um, and the fact that they didn't just make it a straight up remake, they did twist, uh, they did slight twists, changes, and variations to bring it to a new type of player and player base and for those reasons it is the best remake so here's my main issue with let's go i i'll actually give you i'm not gonna sit here and try and be argumentative for its sake i will give you the fact that the ride pokemon are probably the best implemented we've ever had other than the fact that you know it doesn't really allow you to traverse the world any better it just allows you to do Mm -hmm. it with a different pokemon but as somebody who will sit here and argue that Harkle and Soul Silver should be held aloft for introducing ro- uh, w- Pokemon walking with you. I get it. Absolutely fine. Pokemon in that game look great. I, again, I'm not the biggest fan of the chibi style that we got in BDSP. However, it feels like not enough has been done to improve Kanto. Not enough has been done to change up the story you go on, the journey you take, it's very safe. They changed up the mechanic of the catching, mm. and that's kind of it. And that's not really enough for me. So, sure, you you lose the HMs and your body does them now instead. All right, that's a nice little change of life. But it's so heavy on this new mechanic that it almost doesn't feel like Pokemon. And and again, this is coming from someone who loves Legends Arceus, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, if you want to play through Diamond and Pearl, you should play Legends Arceus, because that's a bad argument. Legends Arceus is its own game and should be held up as such. Let's Go isn't a good remake of Gen 1, because Gen 1 has a good remake. It's Fire Red Leaf Green. 
Let's Go has to kind of be its own thing. And there's a reason people like me haven't touched it because it's not my Pokemon. And it's really easy. It is quite simply baby's first Pokemon. And I still wouldn't even necessarily recommend it as such because I don't think it gives people the right experience or the right expectations for Pokemon going forward. I have no issue with an easy game. X and Y are easy games, and I will always suggest if somebody's going to start out on Pokemon, go to X and Y. That's a great place to start. You get an experience of what the story are like, what the Pokemon mechanics do, and how the game feels. You don't get any of that in Let's Go. Sure, there's some stuff introduced there that get carried over. As I say, ride Pokemon are one thing, but it's just... There's not enough meat on it. There's not enough new. There's not enough to whet my appetite to make me want to go and play it. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, right, okay. I I will start this, and this this isn't an argument for me, but, like, it's definitely not the worst remake because the worst remake is BDSB, okay? That's that's absolutely fair, but we're not saying it's the best. No, 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 agreed, but... The argument I need I needed that there to kind of build on this next point is that for me a remake should always build and adapt and change and improve. Okay, mm-hmm. BDSP is the is is the worst for most people for that exact reason where they didn't change, they didn't improve, they didn't um, adapt. And the reason this is the the best remake in my opinion is because they looked at the market of wow, Pokemon Go is just absolutely out there. So how do we bring generation one to a new subset of players that have potentially never touched pokemon before and how do you do that and unfortunately like yes you you x and y like i i agree on your point that like for a first time player like x and y is probably the the one that you you probably want to drop them in because it is relatively easy but it still maintains the high quality like the i i have a lot of nostalgia for x and y because it's the game i came back with and it's a fantastic game but if someone had only ever played Pokemon Go, I wouldn't say go to X and Y because they'd land in that and go, oh, okay, the, the catching mechanic of Pokemon is very different to what I've experienced. Whereas Let's Go is the perfect bridge because you have the catching mechanic of Pokemon Go that people are used to in terms of berries, throwing the the, the Pokeball as well, which I believe is handled better than the mobile experience where it is literally just circle throw circle throw like there's more nuance and challenge in catching pokemon in um let's go but it's still got the battle mechanics of the mainline series which pokemon go is is which is one of pokemon go's biggest failings where you just tap 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 this is the perfect bridge for okay I'm looking for a way to get into Pokemon as a Pokemon Go player and this is the one that I can get into and what I love about that is that as a remake they've gone how do we adapt this to new players and a new fan base yeah makes sense um it's a valid argument if you're talking about bringing on players from Pokemon Go uh, cuz to be honest with you I was looking at it as I'm a fan of Pokemon Fire Red Leaf Green or I'm a Pokemon a fan of Pokemon Red and Blue and I want that experience again in a new way, which is how I always view remakes. Sure, some of it should be bringing on new players, but again, if you're going to onboard new players to the mainline experience, it should be a mainline experience. 
if 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 it's a game you're looking to bring people on with. So as far as remakes can go, I think Heart Gold Soul Silver are some of the best, and I think Oras has its place up there. I think, and Oras actually stands out to me as where they went. Ah, this is a Gen Six game. Let's give it Gen Six mechanics. Let's go ahead and bring in Mega Evolutions. Let's go ahead and bring these things in. If why 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 are there no Z moves? Why are there no Z moves in Kanto? Why can you only get the um, Alolan forms by trading in? Why aren't they in the game? If we're going to do Kanto now, give me the stuff that's there now. Give me the things Wait. I couldn't have in the original Red and Blue if I'm going to be buying a new game now. Change up the story. Make it more modern. Make it, make it feel like it deserves a place on my shelf at this point in time but auras unfortunately like yes you are right they, like like granted auras is a fantastic example of a pokemon game remake like there was a reason it is held up to such a high standard now deservedly so okay because it did bring it to generation three and went now nah, generation three in generation six the perfect amalgamation of the two things and let's go did that as well. It has mega evolutions in that. You are able to bring in a Lolan. It has more tie-ins to the mainline Pokemon games. The mainline Pokemon games do outside of, oh, here's a character from this other region who like says two lines of dialogue. And, okay, that that's that's it. Like in the main story. Well, none of them have that in the main story, though, do they? Oras does. Oras has that connection right in the main story. You get a Mega Latias. You get Mega Latias and Latios on like the fourth or fifth gym. Okay, right. That's tying the whole, in with the whole story not... is about the upgrading from Groudon and Kyogre just being Groudon and Kyogre to taking the primal form. It's 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 same, same, but different. And yeah. yeah. I don't know if Pokemon or Let's Go kind of try to do different, different, but same. If that makes sense, they tried to go, it's a different game, but we're going to slather Gen 1 over the top of it and pretend that it's not. And unfortunately, I kind of want it the other way around. I want to start with Gen 1 and then build off of it, not have start from Pokemon Go and then try and get towards Generation 1 in skin alone. See, I think it's more than just skin, unfortunately. Like, it is, for, for me, Like it's predominantly Generation 1 with Pokemon Go catching mechanics, it's not Pokemon Go with Generation 1 overlay. That, that is the difference. It is predominantly Generation 1, which is why it is a remake, because it is predominantly, you are exploring Kanto, and it is the Kanto experience that you love with the additions of all these extra um, uh, features from other Pokemon games, such as Megas, uh, returning characters from other games, uh, oh, it's gone. There was something out of Lowland for different regional forms as well. But it's just, uh, there are slight nuances and differences in terms of the story that are surprising for people that are playing it. It's a new way to experience Blue as a character because he's, he's a returning character in a different way. It's a new way to experience Giovanni, who has extra and new lines of dialogue that he doesn't get in, in the original. It is... It is generation it is a generation one remake but like all good remakes it brings with it a wealth of quality of life features new new features that that aren't in previous games that are 
then rolled out to later generations because of how successful they are. And it's bought on, you know, a, a switch, which is fantastic that you don't get with the other ones where it's always, you know, it's handheld and the, the graphics might not hold up, unfortunately. And being able to play, you struggle to play outside of, okay, I'm going to go and buy a 3DS for I don't know how much and try and track down a game, which is 50, 60 odd pound. Whereas let's go, you can go out and play it right now easily, whereas you can't with the later, the, the earlier remakes. Does it have the Sevi Islands? Uh, no. So we're already taking out really cool additions to Kanto. It, and this is what I mean. It's, it's all right saying these things are in there, but none of them are integrated. None of them are actually part of the game. They're just there for competitive later on, which, by the way, nobody played competitive in Let's Go. Because the, why would you? Yeah. <laughs> no, you are right. No one play. No one play competitive in Let's Go. But that's not who it was aimed at. I don't. I don't think. And like the Sevi Islands for me, like yes, they were included in uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green. But to me, like the. They were included, but you didn't have to do them. It was like, oh, you're going to go to an island and, okay, you can do all this if you want. And everyone just went, no, I'm going to go back to Cinnabar and continue so the you, story. So you didn't use it to hunt down Moltres. You didn't use it to hunt down the Reggies, uh, which is a brilliant tie-in to Generation 3, by the way, with the dotted hole and all the Reggie hunt and stuff in the Sevi Islands. Very, very cool. Again, making it feel like it's part of the generation it's being released in. There's not enough connection to Alola. So, it's, yeah. So for for me, it's it's almost like the remakes, the other remakes. Okay, so Hot Gold Soul Silver, BDSP, uh, Fire Red Leaf Green, or us. Like they are aimed at. Oh, you've played this experience before. Have at it again. Whereas Let's Go isn't. It is aimed predominantly at new players, and that's the difference between the two. And why I can forgive some of the you know, taking out the Sevi Islands. Because while they have taken out a couple of things, the what they've thrown in is so much more, which unfortunately, outside of maybe Auras, isn't the case where a lot of the remakes don't really bring in as much as they take out, unfortunately. Yeah. Compared to the addition the the so like the addition the addition that sits alongside them, if that makes sense. So like Auras sits along X and Y, Hot Gold Soul Silver sits along uh, Diamond and Pearl. And unfortunately, a lot of the remakes take out more than they put in from their respective partner. Okay, fair enough. But you're only ever going to play your first Pokemon game the first time once. Mm -hmm. With all those other remakes, are they the best introduction to this franchise? Maybe not. There's somebody's first one, and we've yep. all had our first Pokemon game and been confused to hell and worked it out as we went along. Never forget. That's you. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go always feels like it's the first time you're playing through the game because it tries to hold your hand so heavily that you can't really play it the way you want to play it. Go up to the first gym without a grass type, you're not allowed in. There's so many restrictions on, oh no, you need to go make sure you have an easier time with this. Oh, no, 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 we need to make sure you win this. Oh, come on. The game's getting a little bit hard now. We better tell you how to beat it. Come on. It's not... It's, we did this as kids. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be, like, mollycoddling these new players the way that this game does. Okay. I feel like it's a good point to have closing arguments. Um, my closing arguments are basically... There are, obviously, better remakes. Um, 
I think Oras is possibly one of the best remakes ever. I will so stand by Heart Gold Soul Silver, but that's nostalgia speaking more than anything, and Johto's my favorite region. But Oras, as I say, implemented the generation it was in better than Let's Go does. It has more of a reason for existing than Let's Go does. We've had Kanto many, many times before, and I think Fire Red Leaf Green is still the best way to play through Kanto if you're going to do it. The new mechanics are too different and took away too much from the true Pokemon experience. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do I do believe Let's Go is the best remake because it brought along so many quality of life remakes that were sorely needed that aren't available in Fire Red and Leaf Green. It's, it's like all the best remakes in this series and games in general take what is currently there and adapt and build on it to improve it, to deliver it to a new player base, to bring them into the fold and encourage them then to continue to evolve alongside the series and find ways to play that series and enjoy that series and continue with the company on its journey of releasing these games. Um, and I think there's a there's a reason why people are so frustrated with the later Pokemon generations because the, the first Pokemon game that came out on the Switch did it so well in so many ways. Um, so yeah, that that's it. But uh, just like let us know who you think won down below. But I will admit that Oras is the de facto best remake. Yeah, like, I, I, a, I'd argue it. Yeah, th- there's a reason why Oras is held up in such high stands and why people still play it to this day. And I am coming from let's go from a from for me a nostalgia and a, a special place in my heart that it introduced my daughter to Pokemon. I'm, and absolutely, like, and I get that, and yeah. I really do. And, and I think you're right in the fact that it's brought so many things to the franchise that yeah. need to be yeah. carried over. Agreed. The implementation of Pokemon, maybe not Pokemon in the wild, mm-hmm. but at least, well, at least face facts, if it wasn't for Let's Go, we wouldn't have Pokemon in the wild. Yeah, true. You, you know true. that, right? Because yeah, they weren't even going to put... They weren't going to put it in Sword and Shield. Yeah. Because yeah. it was just that Let's Go was so popular with it that they were like, all right, we need to throw that in Sword and Shield now. So I love that. I love that so much. Do I... I kind of wish it wasn't their first attempt on the Switch. But I Agreed. also get that they kind of went, let's start with something we know. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, take baby steps in. Mm. But yeah, mm. uh, I think the graphics will hold up for longer than any of the others. I think it's got that Wind Waker feel to it, where people yes. maybe didn't like it so much at the time, but as the years go on, it will it will hold up better than a lot of the others. Agreed. I I I very much maintain if you have a child in your family and you want to introduce them to Pokemon, like this is a really good one to do it do it in because of the two player aspect. Because you can do it with them. Yeah, you can do it with them. Like it's it is a really good game. I will admit I have no drive to go back and play Pokemon Let's Go, but if they bought out a new one, like me and my daughter would sit down and play it because I, I believe there is a there is a player base for Pokemon Let's Go where they will go. That is a really good Pokemon game. It's um, the it's the only real two player experience of Pokemon. It's yeah. I mean, yes, Scarlet and Violet do have multiplayer, but. It's not implemented really. not, not in the same way. No, agrees. Yes, agrees. You can't play the story together. No, no, no. That's a really good point because, like, if you're playing double, if you if you have a second controller in Pokemon Let's Go, every battle becomes a double battle. Yes, it's two on one, so it's a. Does it make it easier? Yes, yes. But... That's the point of it. I feel because yeah. it's like my daughter didn't know how to play Pokemon, so I'm like, 
Okay, why why are you using Thundershock on a ground type? It's like fine, I'll I'll help out here, I guess, with my water type or grass type. Well that that's part of the part of the fun of it. Um as always, let us know who you thought won. If you've got something controversial or topical that you want us to to discuss, let us know. Uh, the, the ways to get in contact with us are in the description down below. Connor, are you up for playing a game? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. In front of me, I have three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each, but can Connor spot the fake entry? Uh, we've got a theme going on here. They're all Pokemon from the original Generation 1. So we're starting this week with Wigglytuff. Entry number one. As it inhales, it expands and expands and expands. Wigglytuff competes to see which one can inflate the most. Entry number two. When it gets angry, it inhales with all its might and its body gradually inflates. Sometimes they can grow 20 times larger. And the final entry. In battle, it inflates itself to try and intimidate its opponents, which leaves it feeling quite exhausted. I can't. I can't stand by the idea that a scientific entry says it expands, it expands, it expands. It's got to be the first one. It's not. It's I'm not! Sorry. It's not. I saw that one. Oh, that's going in there. Uh, the third one was the the fake one. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I like the first two. When I, yeah, like 20 times larger and it expands, expands. I thought they sound so ridiculous that I, I have to throw them in. Um because in the anime stuff, you don't see it expanding. In the game, sorry, you don't see it expand and expand and expand. Yeah, um, yeah. And in the game, like outside of maybe the cooking mechanics where you see Jigglypuff floating around. Yeah, Jigglypuff but, expands more in Smash than anything else. Yes, that's it. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I have seen this somewhere and I couldn't figure it out. But Wigglytuff expanding, yeah, not not really a thing. In the new my... card from the 151 set. Oh, I've missed that one. Is it expanding on that one? Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, the second Pokemon this week is Tangly. Entry number one. Hidden beneath a tangle of vines that grow nonstop, even if the vines are torn off, this Pokemon's true appearance remains a mystery. Entry number two. Its true appearance remains unknown. It sheds its vines regularly to stop it becoming encumbered by the weight. And entry number three. It is cloaked entirely in blue vines, preventing any glimpse of its true identity. The vines impart a refreshing sensation when chewed. They're useful as a spice. That's an interesting one. Um, I'm going to go with the second one as much as I think it's the first one. Correct. It is, in fact, the second one. Well done. Okay. Well done. Anything that gave it away? Uh... It was. It it felt safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which okay. uh, which a lot of Gen One Pokemon don't necessarily have safe entries, which is something no, I've noticed. Right okay, well, let's see if that works out for the final Pokemon Jinx. Entry number one. Its majestic voice compels people to fall to their knees. It was once worshipped across the region. Entry number two. Its strange cries sound like human language. There are some mu- musicians who compose songs for Jinx to sing. And the final I've entry. Heard that one before. Okay. And the final entry. The Jinx of Galar often have beautiful and delicate voices. Some of the Pokemon have even gathered a fan base. Mm. Is Jinx in Galar? Ooh. <laughs> Is Jinx in Galar? I don't think Jinx is in Galar. 
But why would you specifically write in Galar? There's no way you'd write that. There's no way. I'm going to go with the first one. <laughs> oh, well done. You got it. Oh, no. I honestly... Oh, that's infuriating. Yes. Um, Jinx are in Galar, but they are in the DLC, I believe. Um, I was going to say the which is, Tundra. Yeah, which is where I pulled that one that one from. And I thought Makes that sense. the first one was sounded that out there that you'd go... Oh no, that's definitely a, a Gen One, maybe it, Gen it, Two. It sounded real, honestly. Yeah. That was process of elimination. As I say, I think I've read that second yes. one before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the third one, I was like, this, he wouldn't, he wouldn't write in Galar. I just don't see it because <laughs> it is rare that you get the name of the region in yeah. a Pokedex entry. Like the 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 one that seems to have it the most is Legends Arceus, which kind of makes yeah. sense because there's the, two in Hisui. We find da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I uh, just want to do a quick plug that as of today over on YouTube, um, releasing episode one of uh, the Pokemon Emerald Crest series where me and two other YouTubers are racing to complete Emerald Crest, which brings along a load of new additions, including wild bosses, uh, fairy Pokemon, physical special split, like loads of fun having uh, while well, been recording that. So check it out if you uh, want. And that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just top dollar, aren't you? Connie, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at CapFidget. And I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoenn Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoenn on Twitter. As for the Golden Rod Podcast, you can find us on the usual platform. Search for Golden Rod Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya! See ya!